Excuse me, Veronica. <clears throat> yes, what is it, Brick? I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party, the pants with the pants. Party with pants. Hello and welcome to the second week of the Pants Party Podcast. I am your loyal host, Ben Ross. To my left is the co-managing editor of Black Heart Gold Pants alongside me. We have Max Brecky. How are you doing tonight, Max? I'm well. How are you? Excellent. And to Max's right, we have Jordan Hansen out of Montana, our rewatch maestro. Jordan, how's it going? Good, man. I'm glad to be on the, glad to be on the podcast. We are happy to have you following Iowa's riveting 33-7 win. Over, nor thirty three thirty three seven win over Northern Illinois in the season opener, and I just can't be happier with how actually that's such a lie. First <laughs> half was just I was I'm fifty percent happy with how Iowa played. Um, we can get into more on that in a moment, but first I want to know uh, what you guys do this weekend and what you think of the Hawks. Um, I watched football and then I watched some more football and I had some beers uh, and I had and I watched some football. Nice, nice, Jordan. Yeah, I watched a bunch of football too. I mean, uh, I, I had the Montana Tech stream, a team that I cover here, going, and I had Iowa going at the same time. So I was like double, double watching football for most of the day. So it was definitely not a bad thing. Uh, yeah, it was a bit of a bummer. Uh, some of the best games of the we- entire weekend. It was a pretty bad weekend, in my opinion. Oh, it was uh, awful. College, college football, and you know, some of the best games of all weekend were going on around the same time as Iowa. We had uh, Appalachian State almost upset Penn State. And we sort of had the Maryland-Texas game lead into Iowa a little bit, but not all of us were able to watch that. And well, there's a third game going on that's pretty decent around the same time as Iowa, wasn't there? Mm, I do not recall. I can't remember either. Um, uh, oh, nope, nope, that wasn't it. Oh, yeah, Washington-Auburn. Yes, yes, that's exactly it. Uh, that was a really pretty solid game. I thought Washington was going to get blown out, and uh, they did not. <clears throat> so... Uh, what do you guys think of, you know, let's just get some quick thoughts out there for, uh, what we saw on the field Saturday. Um, I'll start. I was really upset with just how the team came out flat in the first, uh, quarter. I really do think that a catch from Noah Fant there on the very first drive where it just went right into his bread basket would have been a 30, 40 yard gain would have totally turned around the tempo would have totally changed the 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 makeup of the game i think if iowa scores in the very first drive they they open it up and you know we score maybe 33 points in the first half and uh rest our starters the entire second but i'm glad that you know the team had i'm glad the team overcame this adversity i'm glad they had the opportunity to show that they can uh like i said overcome adversity and play um you know they got sort of got kicked around the first half and they're able to um get over that uh what, what do you guys what did you guys see that stood out to you um, it, I don't really think that they did anything real crazy. People have been talking about how Nate Stanley didn't have a good game. He didn't have a good game. A lot of, uh, he made some bad passes. The interception was horribly underthrown. Um, but I also don't think that they were really opening the playbook at all. Up, and I think that that was kind of, uh, by design, you know, they started early with some passes, and then they just relied on the run game, and they did what Iowa does, which is they wear you down, and they wear you down until you're absolutely dead. And uh, I'm not 
I'm not really worried about it. It's a pretty stereotypical Iowa victory to lead the season. Last year was a wholly uninspiring game against Josh Allen in Wyoming. It'll they'll be fine. Um, I mean, I, I'm not inspired by the victory. It, whatever. It'll be. We'll see what happens this week. I guess. You know, honestly, for me, I think it was a little bit better than what people are giving credit for. I mean, Nate Stanley, you no, know, he didn't have that great of a first half, but it like it, it, it could have been a lot worse, and he's actually played worse. It, somehow, he had 108 yards, but somehow that was actually only his maybe, you know, I think it was his third worst game passing-wise, somehow, which is kind of incredible. But um, especially in, in the second half, Iowa went to their 22 formation, which, you know, two fullback, or, uh, two run, two backs, a running back, a fullback, and two tight ends for um, thirteen of their uh, the, the, the first strings, uh, thirty thirteen of the first strings, thirty three second half plays, and then they went uh, with a twenty three, which is a fullback and running back, and uh, three tight ends on their five. So you're absolutely right, Max. I mean, they weren't showing anything. It was classic Iowa football. We're gonna run it. We're going to shove it down your face, and, 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 and that's all they did. They ran very similar plays for much of the much of the second half, especially. It was a bit of return. I mean, I don't want to say return to classic Hawkeye football, but it's just once again another showcase, another exposition of um, just Iowa pounding it down, you know, like you said, the other team's throat. We had, you know, Iowa had, has three starting, I mean, three, three running blocks in the roster, roster who are starting caliber. Um, you know, between all of them, we had almost, we had, uh, just about, uh, almost 30 carries between three running backs, uh, almost put up, uh, Ivory Kelly Mountain got, you know, the lion's share with 16 attempts, but I liked what I saw out of all of them. Uh, Torn Young, uh, Fiwa was saving him for the second half. If it wasn't, if he didn't sit the entire first half for disciplinary reasons or anything, um, Iowa looks kind of smart. Letting him, I mean, his very first run was a 40-yarder that set up set up a Iowa touchdown. Um, he played great. Makai Sargent and Ivory Kelly Martin both. Ivory Kelly Martin had a really, really nice touchdown run. He bouncing off and evading some defenders. Uh, I really liked what I saw from the running attack, and I, as much as I liked what I saw from the running attack, I hated what I saw from the passing game. Uh, Nate Stanley played very poorly. Uh, we, none of our receivers did anything really. Uh, Ivory, uh, Amir Smith-Marset showed the most flashes. He had a really nice first down catch. Um, and like that's, that's when you know the passing attack ha- had a bad game. It's the only memorable thing is a, a 11, 12, 13-yard first down catch. Uh, no, Nate Stanley almost overthrew Noah Fant uh, for the for the lone touchdown. That, yeah. that was so infuriating. Uh, luckily, Noah Fant's really good. I mean, even though he had he redeemed himself, you know, he had to somehow he can't catch one right in the bread basket, and he was able to make that pretty pretty spectacular overthrow. Um, bailed out his quarterback on that. But um, you know, I've got faith. I think I really really liked what I saw from Amir Smith Marset. I think he's going to see a little bit more of the field. Nick Easley was a hologram. Um, Jordan, what what do you have? He only played seventeen snaps. Yeah, he played seventeen snaps. Uh, that just blows my mind. I think something he, he must be injured or something because I, that's what they were saying. Yeah, he's got to be. Um, so I'd hope to see some something out of him. Brandon Smith, uh, there, I, there's not absolutely nothing out of him. It's a little worrisome if he continues to play as much as he uh, does. Tells you how little faith uh, or talent there is behind him on the roster. Um, I know Max Cooper and Kyle Groningweg uh, would probably uh, they're probably itching to get on the field right now, and especially Groningweg is um, making making himself a familiar pick with doing some pretty nice punt returns, in my opinion. Um, 
against NIU. So, uh, and then I've got nothing good, than good things really to say uh, about the defense. I'm really happy what they played overall. Um, you know, I think the Imani Jones stuff is a little overblown. Obviously, he was well out of position a lot, but, you know, it was his first career start, and uh, he's definitely getting another opportunity now. Uh, I don't think Iowa football gives many third chances, so he's going to have to um, show something against Iowa State, I think. Yeah, and I think that, you know, you said the defense was spectacular. You know, they shut out Northern Illinois while the starters were on the field, and I think that, you know, that kind of is the reason that we got such a vanilla game from the Iowa uh, offense. You know, uh, the drops were bad early on, um, but really, they didn't need to do anything spectacular. They didn't really need to show anything. I think that they kind of realized that, look, we can run the ball and we can beat them just running the ball up the middle, running, you know, running the zone. Uh and they did, and, you know, they did it pretty handedly in the end, and they have a pretty, you know, closed... I mean, like, people have been talking about how Iowa State this upcoming week isn't going to have any tape at all for Iowa to look at. Iowa really doesn't have much besides what you normally would see from Iowa. There aren't any really unique looks. There aren't any really unique plays. Um, and the passing game is going to be interesting to see next week because... Who knows? Maybe that's actually fairly open this year, and you know they were just kind of keeping that a secret for this upcoming week. It, maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but it's a possibility. It was just very vanilla, and it was fine. I'm not mad about it. I'm not upset about it. I'm not even disappointed in you know the performances from anybody except for the wide receiving core. The wide receiving core wasn't very good, but. It's fine. It's a win. I'm happy with the win, and I don't care how they did it. It was a 26-point 20, yeah, victory. It was good. Yeah, and, you know, especially since it was, you know, Kirk's one, 144th win, I, I, this has been said a lot, but I really don't think there is any better way for Iowa to get Kirk's all-time winningest win uh, than in that in that aspect. I mean, leading 3-0 at halftime and playing really good defense and then coming back and your special teams in the second half play really good and Colton Rass editor hits a 69-yard punt and, you know, it's just, it's, (laughs) right, it's just, it it, it felt a very quintessential Iowa football win and, you know, it just, you could like see it even like in towards the beginning of like third quarter, um, Northern Illinois was gassed. They were completely gassed and, you know, they did a great job of shutting down Sutton Smith. And, you know, Iowa just started to enforce their will. I mean, I don't even think this offensive line is anything, you know, I think they're fine, but they're not they're not world beaters. But they look like world beaters simply just because NIU, I just don't think was really, their, their defensive line especially, I don't think was really all that good. No. Yeah, that's a good point, Jordan. Never, I can't remember, I know it's happened before, but I really can't remember the last time I've seen such a disparity in depth uh, between two teams uh, than I did in the second half of Iowa, Northern Illinois. Like, uh, the thing that last time comes to mind was like the Alabama-Notre Dame National Championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously not to compare those two, but they, it's just the biggest difference between a Division One Power 5 program and a Group of 5 program. Like, it was just st- so stark, um, <clears throat> the differences in talent at every single position. Uh, <clears throat> there was really nothing Northern Illinois could do. Um, 
Max, you talked a little bit about opening up or keeping the playbook quiet for next week, so we'll use that as the segue for Iowa State, unless either of you have anything left to say about the Huskies. Not really. Um, uh, did you guys see Sutton Smith punch anybody in the mouth? No. Mm, missed it. Uh, I so. Yeah, I think we must have missed it because he said that, you know, he was going to, and I don't know anybody who saw it happen. So I, I don't even remember. I know he had a sack. I don't even remember when or how a sack happened. I don't he, had, he had the strip sack. Oh, he, oh, oh, well, okay, well. Which, yeah. Was, yeah. That, which wasn't even really a credit to him. It was a credit to Nate Stanley having absolutely zero pocket awareness. awareness. Yeah. And I wouldn't, yeah, I would completely credit Stanley with that one. That was, he absolutely deserved to you know, get hit on that play. Yeah. He had no idea where, where the rush was. He was in, sitting just in the pocket for what, like eight seconds. It was a little bit less than that, but I, <laughs> I got, I, I got it on the rewatch, but it was, it was brutal, dude. It was, it was, it, it was his own fault. Like he, he caused the fumble himself. And, and yeah. you know, that's, that's been a huge issue for Nate Stanley. I went back and looked cause I was curious and he lost like, I think it was like five, five. or yeah, five last year, which is tied for fourth out of all of the FBS, um, players which is which is wild considering most of those guys that um you know were on that list were a lot of dual threat quarterbacks and nate stanley is as far away from a dual threat quarterback as you could possibly get so (laughs) it was just it was a little it was a little disconcerting to see that still rear its ugly head but yeah i'm hoping that it's just a sign of uh, or a matter of you know him being rusty this was his first game last year where i think he lost two or three of them uh so I'm hoping that it's just a matter of him being a little rusty and, you know, needing to adjust to, you know, actual game time because practice doesn't really get you that. Yeah. But uh, if it doesn't, you know, fix itself this next week, yeah, we might we might have another, an issue on our hands. Yeah. Although not, not the end of the world, in my opinion. Yeah. I just want to mention one more thing. Ben kind of brought this up uh, earlier, but Kyle Groming um, – Actually, being a punt returner is incredible. I I looked and Iowa had one game last year where they had more than forty two yards um, uh, punt like return yardage, and that was it was forty three. So I, I think Kyle is, is is kind of the a guy that we haven't had since uh, uh, Desmond to really you know actually be able to return. Even Desmond um, hardly ever returned punts. I feel like like yeah, after a while he kind of stopped. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't. I can't remember a time where we've had a really, you know, a threat at punt return at a returner position at all since DJK. Uh, yeah, for the most part. I mean, Martin Manley had those two against Western Michigan, but that was, I think, a big product of the fact that Western, Michigan, Western Michigan that year yeah. was fucking bad. Um, yeah, I mean, we haven't really had a major return threat in the punt game, at least for. For a good minute, it, nobody really, you know, strikes me in the last what ten years, maybe. I I don't I can't think of it. I can't think of anyone. No. Yeah. Uh-oh. Jordan. No, I mean, technically, Desmond King does have the all-time Iowa record in return yardage, but a lot of that came on kick returns. It wasn't very. It, it wasn't nearly as many. Well, he, he had like three hundred yards against. That was also Western Michigan, wasn't it? No. I, no, I, I don't think so. I don't he, remember. I feel like there's a game where he had like over 200 return yards. It's a distinct possibility, but yeah. I'm not specifically punt returning, like kick returning. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's all kick returning. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, maybe we'll see a return for a touchdown against Iowa State. Uh, Ooh, would be nice. 
Yeah, it would be nice, uh, except we don't know what the special teams looks like. Um, I don't know what to expect from, not just because, you know, Iowa State didn't play a game, but I just, uh, it's Iowa State. We never know what to expect in this game. Even though we already watched Iowa play a game, we don't know what to expect out of them because four starters um, set out the NIU game, and uh, things always seem to go differently for Iowa State. Uh I really have no feel. I know nothing about Kyle Kemp, the ISU quarterback. I know nothing about uh, the Iowa State defense other than they have a former um, Hawkeye on the line and Rodney Coe. Or, I don't even know if Rodney Coe is ever on campus. Um, and that's about it. That's all I got on the Cyclones. Uh, <laughs> and, I mean, that's just uh, – I think we're going to win. I feel good about Iowa's chances. Um I don't know. I, I don't know what else to think about this game. Um, yeah, it's it's weird because these two teams, you never really know what to expect when they come together. Uh, like, you know, they're, it's generally a very poorly played game. Like, it has been, at least in recent years. Like, 9-6 to six comes to mind. Uh, that one that Iowa lost... I think what that was also in Kinnick, twenty to seventeen. Yeah, uh, some, something like that. I, I don't remember off the yeah. top of my head, but like there's some been some pretty badly played games between these two teams in recent memory. And, um, but then last year happens, and it's the most exciting game of the whole goddamn year. Uh, yeah, I was up there. That's great. Ugh, Ames. But man, it's yeah, it's hard to ever really say, you know, what's going to happen when these two teams meet, like. I don't even think that anybody saw them beating Iowa State in 2016, 42-3, just because these teams generally play each other close. Uh, they're both supposed, I think they'll both be pretty good teams this year. Um, I don't really know what to expect from that Iowa State defense. I didn't really watch a lot of them last year, and when I did, I happened to catch them playing Oklahoma, where Oklahoma you know, put up, the, uh, I think, 30, 31 points against them. And Iowa, which is the one that they gave up 44 points in. So, like, I didn't see their defense at its best. Their defense was pretty good last year based off the numbers. Um, I Yeah, I have no idea what to expect of this season just or from this game just because it's a crapshoot, really. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure Hakeem Butler's going to get at least one touchdown. He was he was nearly unstoppable last year. And actually, this is something that I've been thinking a lot about. This is going to be the first real test for Iowa, uh, for Iowa's corners, really. And I think that's going to be dangerous because Northern Illinois did not test no. H- Hankins or Ojemudia at all. Like, And I mean, I, I, even, I was like surprised by how little they did. And, you know, there's a couple instances where, like, uh, the NIU quarterback who um, Marcus Childers um, would check down just because after he threw that interception to Amani Hooker, he was, he was, he was kind of, I think, I think he was a little bit scared to throw the ball. But Kyle Camp and Iowa State are not going to be scared to throw the ball. And I, I'm a little worried because I'm still not completely on the Matt Hankins train. I think he's fine. Um, and I think he's, I think he's improved, but I'm, I'm still not entirely sure what what he's going to do and i really think that um out of all the things that we're going to learn against ohio state i think our secondary is going to be the thing that we learn the most about and i'm a little bit nervous about it yeah 
Um, no, I definitely agree with that. Iowa's pass, r- pass rush did not really allow for Northern Illinois to get much of anything going. That's fair. Um, in that one. And I mean, yeah, he did check down a lot in the end, but I think that that actually could be a result of Iowa's, you know, secondary looking pretty good. But I think a lot of it had to mostly do with the pass rush. And as you said, he kind of got the yips after that, uh, first half interception. Uh, I'm not super sold on Kyle Kemp. Uh, I don't know how good he is. Um, better than, uh, what's his name? Yeah. Uh, Jacob Park. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jacob Park is the one that lit up Iowa last season. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, yeah, I guess it'll be a big test. Maybe, I don't know how Iowa State's offensive line is. It probably comes down a lot to that, probably, I think. Um, Iowa had five sacks against NIU, which is just, you know, delightful. If we can get some pressure on Kemp, uh, it, I don't think it'll be um, – much of a contest i think i was defensive line is just going to eat people all season long and um i really liked what we saw from our pass rush and some blitzes last uh last week so i'm i'm feeling pretty good about that um i don't know what else do we think for hate week um did we want to get into some of those uh punter go for it hot takes yeah should we um yeah let's do some hot takes you uh you, i know you had plenty of them yeah I, the one of them i don't even believe in half of them i don't <laughs> oh, all right. I don't. What's uh, uh, the? They were spicy though. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about them. Uh, should we go with what, what we have here? Go to the Slack. Yeah. Um. You can uh, let me go look in the Slack real quick. You could just give just throw something out there. All right. Uh, first one. I don't believe this, but uh, I'm cer- certain there are people do. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson is better than Noah Fant. Um, I think he might have a better. He, he could have a better season, but he's not the better player. Yeah, Hawkinson is just a. I think he's certainly a better blocker, um, and he sure. m- might have better hands, honestly, for if we're being honest. Um, but Fant just is able to get, you know, it's just a his size and speed and his athletic ability. Um, it's just I can't really compare it to Hawkinson, in my opinion. They shouldn't be the same. Con- I mean, yes, they deserve to be in the same conversation, but it's um, comparing a little bit apples to oranges. I think they're just two different players. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that they're both good at what they do. Um, you know, I think that Hawkinson's probably more sure-handed, but Noah Fant is just such an athletic freak that you know it's hard to really say that Hawkinson like is you know like if you were to, if you were to give me the option between the two, I'd probably take Fant just about every single time, just because Fant has a lot more potential than Hawkinson does. I think overall. Um. I guess I'll I guess I'll punt, but it's a shank punt because I really do believe that Hawkinson's a dang good player. I mean, he was on the field for 52 snaps, and that was right up with how many um, he, he he was last year. And he's a very 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 durable player and can play a lot of snaps and can do a lot can do a lot of different things for you. Um, and Iowa really used up a whole bunch um, yesterday, which was which was interesting, especially since Nate we didn't get so much um, time to, but. Um, yeah, you, you guys are, I think you guys are absolutely correct. I mean, Noah Fant is just the athletic freak and, you know, he, I think, you know, we don't talk about his blocking that much, but it's a little bit underrated and he's definitely, I mean, just from what I saw, he, I think he's gotten even a little bit better than he was last year to this year. Um, and, and just, yeah, just, just, just look at that, uh, catch that he managed to haul in, in the back of the end zone. I mean, that's not a play that, that, uh, that a whole lot of guys can really make, I don't think. Yeah, no, I don't disagree 
Um, you, you, uh, here's uh, one from JP. Um, so Iowa had four and a half sacks this past weekend against NIU. They get more than that this weekend against Iowa State. Didn't we have five sacks last week? I think it was four and a half, technically. Mm, I'm going to check right now. Uh, whichever. It's four and a half. Yeah, that's, that's the over-under. Four and a half, five. Yeah, that's what, that's what... Oh, is that? Uh, we had five sacks last week. All right. Well. Um, but yeah, he put the over-under at four and a half. I think that's a good... I don't know. I, I think if we hit... If we get over four and a half, if we get five sacks again, I think we definitely win. I think it's a weird stat to look at for a win, but I think if we're able to get to the quarterback five times, that you know that's an entire offensive series we stole from them, plus another play. Um, so I think, yeah, and that's yeah, and that's not even to mention you know how many other times we'd probably put pressure on the quarterback. Exactly. If we're if we're getting at him that much. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, so I like that. I don't necessarily think I'm not without. I don't know anything about the Iowa State offensive line, like I said. So. Uh, I'm not going to agree or disagree. I just think if we do get over four and a half, uh, we win. Um, I would take the under on that. I would, I would, uh, I probably would too. Yeah. I'll take the under. And the reason I say that is because I think that Iowa state's going to really try to use Montgomery this weekend, especially with a very inexperienced linebacking group that Iowa has, uh, it makes sense for them too. That Iowa doesn't really know who their middle linebacker is right now. Jones was obviously benched, and Hockaday is the starter on the depth chart this week, which isn't the end all be all. But you know, it's there's a middle linebacker controversy brewing in Iowa City, and it's I would run it that all day if I were you know if it were Iowa versus anybody else, and they had you know a question mark a linebacker, I would tell Iowa or I'd hope that Iowa would run the ball at him repeatedly. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, I'll take. I'll probably take the under here too. Um, but I, I just wanted to bring up something else that I thought was interesting. That's tangibly related. Um, in twenty-three snaps, AJ had two QB hurries, a forced fumble, and a sack, and four tackles, which pretty good. Yeah, pretty pretty good. So I want to say if 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 he's on the field for more than than thirty snaps, I'll I'll go. I'll, I'll take the over. But if he's on the field for under. 30 snaps, I'll take the under. No, that's fair. That's fair. 23 snaps. Well, do you have any idea what his game high was last year, Jordan? Uh, it was something in the 30s. And, and technically, that doesn't actually include uh, Iowa's last uh, or Iowa's last defensive drive against NIU when they scored a touchdown because he was on the field for probably, I think it was another five snaps on that one. So, okay. So, I mean, it, it, was, it was probably a little bit closer to 28, but he had 23 first-string snaps. So... But yeah, it, it was something along. I think I think he might have had like thirty five or thirty six in the Penn State game because he played a lot in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I recall that. Yeah, yeah. Plus, I mean, Penn State ran. I think Penn State ran nearly a hundred plays in that one too. So it was just almost like a a depth thing. It's a track meet. Yeah, yeah. Just had to get fresh legs out there. Yeah, yeah I think he plays just so tough. Um, how? Yeah, I think he play plays a little bit more. We saw Parker Hesse on the interior a little bit. I think uh, he played great against NIU. Mm-hmm. He played really, really well. Um, yeah, I can. And, uh, yeah, I could just. I just like this defensive line so much. Uh, that kind of brings me to one of our next something else. I said, uh, kind of fake, but I think Raider the Raider defense should be our base package. Jordan, we just talked a little bit about this where. 
I don't know what the exact definition of the Raider is, but in my mind, it's when they have five guys in the line of scrimmage on the defense, and they're all in a two-point stance. They're showing blitz, and um, I I would play. I hardly ever saw Iowa use it last year, and they used it at least three or four times against NIU, and we, it always resulted in uh, – it was always on third down or a second down always resulted in the end of the series. Um, that was just interesting to me, and it, I'm probably overselling it, its importance. I just really like when we do it. Um, <laughs> uh, I'd like to see more of it, more or less. Is uh, It's a wish. It's on my Christmas list to, uh, to see that. Pa- and, you know, it gets – it's kind of a good way to sneak uh, Parker Hesse out in the interior and move AJ out, and you know have we have you know such a great defense, so many so many bodies on the defensive line. We might as well try and sneak a fifth one on um, on obvious passing situations. Uh, I don't see why we wouldn't do that. Yeah, and like one of Hesse's snaps or one of Hesse's sacks, I should say, actually came um, out of the tackle position, and that, that, that's something that Iowa played around with a little bit last year, especially in in passing downs, but. Um, and, 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 that, and that's, that, that's when Hesse is almost exclusively on the inside is during a third. And it's usually about six plus. It's, if it's, if it's th- a third and five, it's sometimes I stick with their base four, three. But um, if, it's, if, it's more than, if it's more than six, it usually puts stick Hesse on the inside with Sam Brinks, which, which, I, which I love. It's, it, it, it's, it's one of my favorite. AJ, Sam Brinks. Um, Parker, is that a lawnmower? Yeah. There's some, there, 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 no, it's a... It's a Motorcycle. Who rides yeah. a motorcycle? Jordan. Well, because are you, you motorcycle and podcasting right now? Wish. No, people just do this. They just go up and down streets around here with like ATVs and like motorbikes and stuff because this is Butte, Montana, and no one really gives a flying fuck about what was, you do. Was that a dirt bike? Do you yeah. do you commute via four wheeler? You you honestly could if you want. There's some dude right now that has a chain four wheeler tied to a light pole outside of my house. If Wait, you want to know, you have to chain up a four wheeler out there. I, I don't I don't know. He just he just did it. It's like it's it's not even like a bike chain. It's just like a little like. Well, it's got to be like a real chain. God goddamn. I know. <laughs> four wheeler. Holy holy hell! Oh man, I want to go see this. Yeah, um, dude. People just drive, like, utility vehicles, like, downtown. Like, they just, like, just drive them. They drive them to the bars. They do things. It's... it's... <coughs> Sounds like games. <laughs> Sounds like games. All right. And we're back. <laughs> uh, um, no, there's more horses in Ames. Uh, what, what were... Uh, are we still doing punter go for it, or are we still... I, I... <laughs> uh, we were talking about the Raider. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, How could I forget? Yeah, you just yeah. <laughs> you brought <laughs> because it up. Of motorcycles. Um, I think that there was just one more that I had that we or that we had in the Slack that I really liked. It was uh, that Montgomery will not be the leading rusher in the game this weekend. Oh, I disagree. Yeah. I disagree so much. Yeah, I'm gonna put on that one. Yeah, I don't think any of I was. Uh, I mean, the way our the way I was rushing attack works. It's just too too many people get carries. Well, supposedly. Well, we don't know what uh, is going to happen with Kelly Martin. Oh yeah, that is true. I don't uh, know. So it's at least it's, it's, it'll be a two man group. Nice. Um, yeah. Oh, so uh, blue man group. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, we've got we've derailed. Uh, um, I mean, it's expected. A solid, like, 30 minutes in. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing that I do firmly believe in, and uh, my favorite hot take is 
I'm saying this. Uh, Amir Smith-Marset should be wide receiver one. He should be a starting wide receiver. If Nick Easley is hurt, uh, no way Brandon Smith should be taking snaps from Smith-Marset. Just he's, uh, you know, Brandon Smith is absolutely probably a better blocker. But and so he will get more snaps because blocking will get you on the field at Iowa if you're a wide receiver. Yeah, um, especially what they were running. Yeah, exactly. On Saturday. Uh, but Amir Smith, other than that, ISM better hands, better route running, uh, much better speed. Just playmaking ability is off the charts for him, and I want to see him. Uh, I want to see him as early and often as possible on the offense. I he was a savior for in the Iowa State game. That was his coming out party last year, and then he got put in a drawer. Uh, rest of the year, you know, two of his three touchdowns all year came against Iowa State. Uh, Saving him for this year's Iowa State game. That's fine by me, if, but I'd like to see him more than once, once one, one game a year. Uh, so I'm really hoping uh, he has repeat performance and cements himself as uh, Nate Stanley's most reliable and trusted wide receiver and kid is on the field to reflect that as often as possible. Well, the thing that the three, I, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you, I'll go for it. Um, the thing that I don't get get about using Brandon Smith as often is at least at this particular moment in time, he doesn't look like a very polished route runner. Like the Stanley interception, it was an underthrown ball, but Smith got himself pinned on the sideline right there. You know, he didn't give Stanley any room to throw it, you know, to overthrow it unless he was going to just chuck it out of bounds, uh, which would have been, I think the right move in that particular instance because of the way that it progressed, but, you know, I, and, you know, he's got some other stuff, a couple of other plays, I think, where I was just like, that's just, it just didn't look like a good route, and, you know, that doesn't, you know, help really, that doesn't help anybody really at all, if you can't run a good route, then you're just out there to run straight, or run like a drag, but, I don't know, that's just kind of what I saw, maybe I'm making that up and overblowing it outside of the uh, interception. No. Thank you for uh, listening. Oh, okay. There you are. Uh, Jordan, you can go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I was just going to say that um, it would just, just be interesting to see who ends up getting getting those snaps. Because I really think Amir Smith-Marsets, I thought he looked, I honestly thought he looked better. I mean, he, he's always been a fairly clean route runner, at least in my opinion. And, you know, I just really think that he just needs a little bit more of an opportunity to, to get the ball in his hands. And, you know, they... They played around with that a little bit last year. You know, they would they would put him in a trips formation, and they do you know something weird with that, or you know they would you know give him the ball on a end around, which worked once out of the five times they did it. But you know, it, he's just he's a really dynamic, and he's got some speed, and it would be nice just if they could if they could find a few more uses for him. But and we'll more see. than anything, I think he really helped pass the eye test. Um... God, I hate how I said that. Uh, on Saturday, he... Are you, uh, are you an NCAA uh, tournament committee member? Well, uh, what I'm saying is, what, didn't he gain 15, 17 pounds in the offseason? Yeah, uh, he, he's filled out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like last year you could tell. I understood why I didn't play last year because, you know, he, he was, you know, an 18-year-old. It looked like he'd gotten broken in half. But he looked you know, like a whole different person, just his body type. He was much more muscular and uh, so much bigger. Um, it's, you know, I think he's going to earn his way on the field. It's, he's going to be able to <clears throat> do a lot of things he's never been able to do before with his added muscle on the field. And that'll be exciting. Uh, so I'm really, I'm buying all of the ISM stock as I possibly can, which unfortunately isn't very much given my, 
current financial situation. But <laughs> um, I'll be proud. I'm a proud owner. <sighs> yeah, no, he's definitely, I think, I think he has the highest uh, ceiling out of anybody on the Iowa roster, which doesn't necessarily say Ooh, I a love that. Lot. I love that take so much. Ooh. Oh, that's not a take. That's a fact. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, I yeah. mean, I agree. I 100% agree. Uh, out of uh, like out of the wide receivers and not including yeah, there's the probably a, a walk on offensive lineman who I'm certain certainly has a higher upside. But uh, no, of all the starters right now, uh, ISM definitely uh, we have not seen a ceiling yet. Yeah, no, not even close. I don't even think that he's. I don't think that we've even really seen what his true floor could end up being. You know, once mm-hmm. they decide that they want to utilize him. Yeah. Once yeah, they decide yeah. they want to utilize him, I think his floor is going to be around what his ceiling is projected so far. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll buy that. I just it, it was just interesting. You know, Iowa really did some a little bit different stuff. I mean, they they ran a trips formation with him in it. I think it was like three or four times, which is something they did they did last year, but it was super infrequently. And and they also went five wide, uh, four different. Or I think it was three different times, and and, and he was in all those formations too. Which I, I just I don't know. The more that he sees the field, will be the better. Oh, and and fun fact on that, uh, sir, is, is it Sergeant or Surgeon for? It's Sergeant, isn't it? Yeah, I, I was under that impression. Yeah. yeah. What what uh what told you otherwise? Yeah. Nothing. I just. I, I, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know. I'm just curious. I yeah. can't I, I can't talk, but uh, anyway, it was interesting because he was actually in some of those five wide formations, which is something they did with Akram Wadley last year. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see if he ends up uh, taking some of, taking some more of those snaps at the running back spot. But sorry, that's d- d- detracting from our chain of thought here. I just it was interesting. Yeah, no, it's certainly something to look at. You know, see how they uh, how they use that because they don't really have anybody that I would for sure be like, oh yes, that's the that's the running back we're gonna have in on third down, or you know, that's the guy that could catch passes. You know, a la. Akron Wadley, or back when we had uh, Derek Mitchell Jr. for a little whole oh, season, R. we R. had him. Yeah. There's a name. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, I'm curious, did you, did you recall when you did the rewatch? I know Makai Sargent was the only running back led a catch. Were any other were there any other running backs targeted on any plays that you could that you saw? I don't remember. I, I think there were. I don't think so, but uh, Kelly Martin was on the field for almost every third down. Okay. With the starters. Oh, thank you. For proving me wrong, mm-hmm. appreciate it. That is interesting. Hmm. Says a lot hmm. what they think. Well, I guess uh, his blocking ability too, possibly. Something yeah. tells me Torn Young doesn't get very many catches, uh, receptions this year. But uh, what uh, what tells you that? Uh, <laughs> because he's just better getting the ball handed off to him. Uh, and also, if you're going to pass it, you're going to pass it to I- IKM or. Man, I, I felt I felt so validated during the first half because I think last week's podcast I said that uh, Torin Young would actually be running back three and I felt so validated, and then the second half came and he blew everybody away and I was like ah oh, it, it was the Homer Simpson yeah. uh, gif where he you know slowly backs into the bushes yeah I'm <laughs> I still I'm interested I haven't read the press conference yet to see if somebody asked about it um so I don't yeah it's just. Uh, I like I said. I think I opened up and saying is either disciplinary reasons or the coaching staff. You know, maybe they are really good coaches and decide to save his leg, save a runner for the for the second half. And uh, if that was the case, paid off, paid off big time. It it worked for uh, at least against lowly Northern Illinois. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. 
Who beat um, Nebraska? Then, I'll say who beat Nebraska ahead. last. I was to say who beat Nebraska last year. Uh, that is true. true. That is it's true. true. But uh, I I wouldn't even take much. I don't even think a D three school would take much uh, pride in beating last year's Nebraska team, even in Lincoln. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, and then go. Ahead. You had something to say. I, I had nothing to say. Um, what? Uh, anything else we want to talk about? Yeah, I thought that we just touch on. I asked, or I got a question from the guy over at Wide Right Natty Light. Oh like, yeah, we're yeah, exchanging the Q and A's for the week. Ba- bounce and back to hate week. Yeah, so one we'll we'll close it out with this discussion, mm-hmm. and then we'll do our predictions real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, he asked me. He let me pull it up real quick. Um, he said. Hate week has ramped up a bit over the past few seasons. Do you see it as an overall positive towards the strengthening rivalry or a negative given some of the added uh, vitriol? Sorry. Say that one more time, please. Do you see it as... Uh, basically, as do you see the, uh, hate, the hate week ramping up um, as a positive because of the rivalry strengthening or is it a negative because it's just absolutely turned into a fucking hate fest? Jordan, as are the only uh, native Iowan on the podcast, would you like to uh, answer that first? Yeah, um, I mean, I, Max. It was funny. Max kind of asked me this earlier, and I said, yeah. it was, "And I said it was a negative." I mean, honestly, I, it, it's better that the rivalry is more competitive, but like people are just kind of getting mean, and and I'm not. I'm I'm gonna be. I'll be the first person to say that I'm not entirely innocent of that. But you're the one that keeps tweeting mean shit from our account. <laughs> it's not. Well, okay. See, yeah. See, I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm part of the problem. So, you know, sue me. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, not a moral compass. We get it. Yeah, not a moral compass. But I don't know. I just it. There's I don't know. It's 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 confusing, and that's a really hard question because like I I don't think that that kind of back and forth is ever really bad because it talks about you know the rivalry and all that kind of stuff and you know it, it's a long-lasting rivalry and there's some very deep divisions in people's like lives over it and i i say that as it's like oh yeah okay that's a little bit of an exaggeration but at this it, but it isn't always and i don't know i it's it's still better than the iowa nebraska rivalry as far as uh hatred as far as like anger and stuff goes right now for whatever reason so i think Go ahead. I, no, go ahead. I, I'll go last because I, I have a different opinion than both of you. I think the best rivalries are built out of mutual respect. I think I was best. I don't agree, but I think you know I was best rivalry is with Wisconsin, and our fans are so respectful of each other and our programs and um, everything. There's such a built so much amount of uh, respect and admiration built up between these two fan bases, where I think it's uh, it's so much friendlier and. It's much more fun to be a part of leading up to and in, in, in the moment of. Um, it just seems more meaningful than something that's built out of hate. Uh, it's unhealthy. Like, I hate interacting with uh, Iowa State and Nebraska people online, whereas I, you know, some, I've got a person, a Wisconsin fan who I've never met in my entire life, who um, every, for football and basketball, we do a, a contest where, uh, you know, if Wisconsin wins, I have to make my avatar on Twitter Wisconsin Badger for the week. Uh, and he does it for the Hawkeye. He reciprocates. And I've never met this guy, and I probably never will. Um, but that's just so cool to me. Um, and uh, and you know, and the Iowa State fans just go and. I mean, obviously, both both parties are. Yeah, are Iowa, guilty. Iowa fans too. 
on both sides. On right, both yeah, sides. I didn't want to say that. Um, <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to avoid that reference. Uh, it's just it's not fun when you're tweeting articles about how Brian Ferentz clogged the toilet and flooded. Um, you know, I actually stadium. thought that one was kind of funny. I that couldn't one, disagree that... more. Poop jokes, like goddamn. <laughs> like it was a poop joke, but like it, like even that one. Like normally, I think that their posts are just like. I don't think they're funny. That one I didn't actually hate. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's just not fun having this contempt um, for a- another, I don't know, just open hatred. I think the hate is bad, and um, Iowa State should feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I I think it's a bit of, I think that you guys are pretty firmly on the uh, it's a bad thing side. Um, I think it's more of a double-edged sword than, than that. Like, yeah, I, th- it, I'll go with, I'll start with why I think it's bad. You know, like, yeah, I don't like interacting with any Iowa State fans I know, except for my one friend's brother who just happens to be an Iowa State graduate. Um, but like, even then, like, I probably would not go out of my way to talk to him if he weren't related to one of my real good friends. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't like talking to Iowa State people, especially around this time of the year, because it's just it just turns into a shit fest, and it's not even that like, it's not anything. It's not because of anything that's happened on the field for the most part. It's because it's two very different groups of people, like for the, not you know, and, and there's you know, I'm losing my words now. You know, there are exceptions to that. Like Iowa's a liberal arts school. You know, Iowa State's a huge agriculture school. Obviously, you know, like engineering school, they've got all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's two very different groups of alumni, and I think that they hate what each other stands for more than they hate each other for some things that happen in the football field. Like, I think I actually really like the Nebraska rivalry because it's a lot of shit talk, but it's entirely based on football. You know, like, it's entirely based on, you know, Nebraska's history and, you know, the recent history and, you know, whatever you have. More so than, you know, this rivalry where it feels like, and I could be wrong because, I mean, I'm younger and I don't remember, you know, that far off, you know, into, like, you know, I can't remember the early 2000s, the 90s, whatever, even before then. But, like, most of the disdain these days, I feel as though it's just because of, like, farming. You know, it's like, that's, I think, the main thing these days is it's all about farming. It's, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up. It, it really is. Because, like, for a, a long time, especially when Iowa State and Nebraska were at the Big 12 um, together, it was it, it was a lot of this stuff. Like, I, I can remember my dad telling me about a time when him and his brother, who's an Iowa State fan, uh, went to a Nebraska game. And uh, that, like, that was, I mean, it wasn't a, a rivalry in the sense that Iowa State and Nebraska were both really good, but it was a, it was a border rival kind of thing. And, and it, it's just interesting because I always go back. I mean, my mom jokes um sometimes at least i think it's a joke that she would have disowned us if we if we went to iowa state and <laughs> i and, and you know you laugh but like I, the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean you know she graduated from iowa and you know i went there and you know it's just one of those things that I, it, it's really deep and meaningful um a thing for a lot of people and 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 they take so much pride in it that it's almost become 
too much. And and it's I think it's different from a lot of different rivals because Iowa and Iowa State aren't the same conference. So, you know, they're not playing each other for a conference. It's just that they're playing each other just to play each other because they're in the same state. Off the top of my head, outside of a big state like California or something, I really can't think of, of, of a state. Georgia, Georgia Tech, but yeah, yeah. Flo- uh, Florida's. Florida, Florida, yeah. uh, Florida, Miami. Yeah. Well, Florida, but like, Miami. you know, if you think about it, all those schools have a lot more um, football history, history yeah. at, at least than what Iowa and Iowa State do. At least sure. Iowa State. I mean, but, you know, it is what it is. And it's just, I think it's a very interesting regionalism and a very interesting uh, Midwest thing that, you know, people are so proud of their school or from where they're from that, you know, they're going to stick by that and die by that and live by that, um, even if it's at a detriment to, the rivalry or the people that they're visiting whenever they're going to Iowa City or Ames. So it's just it's 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 that's an interesting question. I think it's really complex. Yeah, it's yeah no. He asked that question. That's why I kind of wanted to mention it on the podcast because like I'm gonna write like a paragraph on it, you know. But that paragraph's almost gonna encompass absolutely nothing because how can I really get that in depth on that? And what's gonna end up being like a thousand words before I even get to that question. But, you know, I just thought that was an interesting thing maybe just to, for us to touch on here. And it would have been nice to have somebody from with an opposing viewpoint or from Iowa State to ask the question mm-hmm. uh, in this format. But it is what it is. You know, I, I think it's a double-edged sword. I do think that it's good just because, like, it are, it is two in-state rivals. You know, it is bringing, you know, some, like, you know, tension to the rivalry. You know, if it, I don't think it's necessarily great tension, but... You know, it's bringing something, it's bringing some heat to the rivalry nonetheless. You know, it makes people want to show up. It makes, you know, the game interesting. It makes, you know, kind of your pride, uh, it puts your pride on the line in mm-hmm. a way that, you know, like an Iowa, Nebraska, or an Iowa, Wisconsin doesn't. You know, and I think that that's awesome. But at the same time, you know, like I just feel like outside of this week, and I guess even it's bleeding into this week a little bit more than I think it usually has in the last couple of years. Um, you know, it's not even really becoming about the football or anything like that. It's just becoming about, you know, hating people that didn't go to your school. Yeah. All right. All right. Do you, uh, we want to do predictions real quick and wrap this let's, thing up? Uh, let's do it. What do you think, Max? Oh, put me on the yep. spot. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm, I got to go with an Iowa win because I have more respect than to say that Iowa State would win this game. Um, more mm-hmm. self-respect. Uh, I think it's going to be a close one. I think it. I think it will definitely be uh, yeah, lower scoring too. than last year's game. It, nowhere near that. Um, but I do think that it's going to be tightly contested. Maybe like a twenty-seven, twenty-four, okay. somewhere in that range. Um, I'll go with an Iowa victory. I think that it could go either way. You know, like one play is going to change this mm-hmm. game. I think, and it's going to, you know. If it goes the other way, it's going to be an absolutely depressing thing to look at for the rest of the year because it's going to be shown everywhere. It's going to be like a fumble, like a Nate Stanley fumble, you know, because he didn't feel the pressure or like a ball that's like tipped up in the air and intercepted for a touchdown or whatever it may be, not even, you know, that. But it's going to be something something upsetting that's going to be played forever and ever if Iowa loses, I think. That's my take on it. It's going to be depressing if they lose. I'm going to go 28-24. I think Iowa has to score a touchdown late to kind of keep the advantage. Iowa State scores again, and then a defensive stop kind of seals it for the Hawks. I think that would be – I think that would be a good uh, week two after 
week one last year to kind of build on the things that you know Iowa did well and I, I think Iowa's going to run the ball fairly well I mean it's Iowa State their defense isn't going to be that great it'll be passable but it's not going to be that great and they'll they'll certainly pull up for this game but Iowa's going to be able to get yardage it's just, it's just going to come down to whether Nate Stanley's going to you know make those throws and you know, against against Northern Illinois, you know, he just he made what was it, five, six, seven, eight throws to his tight ends, and I'm sure it's going to be something, you know, very similar to that. And you know, if you don't need to do too much and don't need to break out too much, then don't. Just trust your running game, trust your line, and trust your defense. And I think if I think if they do that, then then they can win this game. It's it's, it's not going to be a blowout, and it's not going to be that high scoring. It'll probably be ugly, but. That's they call it Alaska for a reason. I was, I was <laughs> going to pick twenty four twenty as well, but since you did, I'm going to change it up, and uh, I'm going to say Iowa puts on puts down thirty, but uh, Iowa State scores a lot of points as well, and they get twenty seven. So I'm going uh, another Iowa win, another close one, a lot of points scored, um, just because Iowa State's defense uh, isn't that great, and Montgomery gets a couple of pretty good runs on us. I actually think that we're really underselling. I know nothing um, about Iowa State, and I have no intentions of learning anything about Iowa State. So, yeah, I, from what from what I've read and from what I saw last year, I mean, I saw actually them their defense mm-hmm. play like garbage, but their stats say otherwise. Yeah. So, what, what, yeah, who we'll might see. Have well, there's no Joel Landing um, this year, that, so how could they possibly win? It's right, <laughs> yeah. the most versatile player yep. in the whole country. <laughs> All right. Yep. 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 All right, uh, yeah, but most versatile player in the country, the guy who threw um, four passes last year. Okay, I just yeah. need to look that up. All that being said, I think we can agree on one thing. Fuck state. Yeah, Fuck state. I agree. All right, uh, I am Ben Ross, saying signing off for Max Brucky and Jordan Hansen. We uh, we are the Pants Party and go Hawks. Iowa beat Ohio State fifty-five to twenty-four.